0: radio gag the gays against guns show prepare to gag yeah
1: gays against guns is an inclusive direct action group of lgbtq plus people and allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death investors manufacturers the nra and politicians who block safer gun laws Greetings, listeners, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I am your host for today's show, Sarah Germaine Lilly. And on our show, in memoriam for Laura Ann Carlton. Ty Kersley brings us an update with Change the Ref. Sam Schwartz tells us about the guac dance party and the Never Tour. And gag member Michael Shannon brings us New York State Assemblymember Jessica Gonzalez Rojas. Next, our In Memoriam.
2: Laura Ann Carlton, known as Lori, was shot and killed on August sixteenth, 2023, in front of her store in Cedar Glen while defending the pride flag she had flying there. She was a wife, mother, and a beloved member of the Cedar Glen Lake Arrowhead community in California. Lori leaves behind her husband and their nine children. California, Democratic Senate candidate, Lisa Middleton, who is transgender, called for an end to gun violence in a post which read, I was devastated to learn the news of the tragic murder of Lori Carlton near Lake Arrowhead yesterday. Lake Arrowhead LGBTQ, which aims to create an inclusive and safe community for LGBTQ people in the area, paid tribute to Carlton in a post on Saturday. It read, Today was a very, very sad day for Lake Arrowhead and the LGBTQ community. Our friend and supporter, Lori Carlton, was murdered defending her pride flags in front of her store in Cedar Glen, California. Lori did not identify as LGBTQ+, but spent her time helping and advocating for everyone in the community. She will be truly missed. Lori Carlton was not only a beloved mother, wife, and friend, but a founding member of our Mountain Provisions Co-op community, a fierce advocate for love, equality, and human rights. Her tragic death has left a void in our hearts, but her vision for a more caring, inclusive, and engaged community lives on. Lori was a pillar in our community, an unwavering champion of values that sought to break down barriers and build bridges. Her dedication to equality and her courage in flying the pride flag exemplify her commitment to creating a world where love knows no boundaries. Donations to Lori Carlton Memorial Fund can be made on the Lake Arrowhead LGBTQ website. Lori and Carlton, we remember you.
1: Thank you to Gaze Against Guns member and fabulous graphic artist, Frank Gargiulo, for sharing our in memoriam. It might be a wake up call for us to hear Laura's story. With so much talk about freedom, How much freedom do we lose when we have to fear taking a stand for the inclusion of community members? The Declaration of Independence calls these rights self-evident and inalienable. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Next, our update with gun violence prevention partners Change the Ref On the Never Tour, Guac's Bus and Guac's Dance Party in NYC. Thank you, producer Ty Kersley and Manuel and Patricia Oliver.
3: Manny, welcome back to Radio Gag.
4: It's a pleasure, as always. Um, Let me start by saying that um, something that we said, um, Patricia and me, and we share that thought, uh, and and we said it to to you guys um, several times, when I say you guys, i'm I'm referring to, um, of course, um, gays against guns and and is that you have been um a huge part of the inspiration behind the things that we do, being honest. Like, um this is about uh, thinking different, crossing those barriers that um, people put in front of us and And that explains um how we we um, you know, consider Joaquin and activist activists and not not a victim. Like, I think that's the day that we thought that for the first time, we discovered a new way of putting things together, a new way of having a purpose in life. So um, you just mentioned um, a few of the celebrations of Joaquin's birthday, which is totally normal. We We are celebrating Joaquin's life, and that's fair, and we can celebrate Joaquin's life forever um so we're we're okay with that you you have seen it several times for a few for the last four or three years and it's not a sad moment it's actually a very happy moment uh you have also seen us in very sad moments very angry moments but not on Joaquin's birthday Joaquin's birthday is about having fun dancing making jokes laughing having a drink and just enjoying life um this year and because we really insist in uh trying to do things in a different way, uh, we decided to go on tour, which it was a crazy idea, uh, but um, not crazier than others. And and the problem with the crazy ideas when we have a crazy idea is that we know that we will do it. Okay, like it will be, um, it, we don't have the option of having a crazy idea and not doing it, uh, that will be nice. But when we, when we uh, started planning, all right, we're gonna go 50 days on tour, we knew that we were going to get into something that will be very um, not hard to accomplish, but it, it was going to it was going to require a lot of resistance, physical, physical resistance.
3: The Guac bus itself uh, you've had for a few years now, uh, it is a school bus that you've used for direct action, um, you know, taking it, uh, showing videos, giving um, blocking traffic in some places, giving um more youth the opportunity to speak about gun violence in public, um, as well as your own stories. And I've and I've seen this. Uh, I've had to drill and drive the thing uh, for a few minutes, but still, uh, it represents the icon that is you know Joaquin, that is Guac, uh, and bringing him everywhere you go.
4: The school bus is more than just um, it. I I like to think that it represents the future. Um, we have all. Being in a school bus at some time when we were kids, um, and 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 here we are. So it it's it's an element of uh, uniting people, you know, and it also reflects our our, our kids, our, our most um, valuable, pressure. and in our case, it's directly impacted because of Joaquin and, and the the way that he was shot inside a school. But in any way, we are just concerned, and you know this very well, um, about um, uh, gun violence inside the schools, but also outside and almost everywhere. Uh, the school bus does that, represents everyone, represents the future. And um, and you're right, it's a, it's a way of um, reaching people. We just show it. We, we did uh, almost 11,000 miles on that thing. Um, it resisted which is incredible Um, that that was on every day without a service, without nothing, just um, diesel and, and, and pump the pedal. And, and it was, it was awesome. Uh, It was a great experience. We were able to feel uh, support. And we like to think that we gave support too.
3: Have you had time to look back and go, okay, you know what, I'm in a completely different space because of, you know, one of the things that's happened.
4: I am. Um, I am in a completely different space because of the addition of things that happen. I, um, just to give you an example, um, when you go to a memorial, uh, you you can see messages from the community, you can see intentions of a community, you can see the reaction of, of survivors. And it's amazing how these memorials have um, same pain uh same main cause of the memorial to be built but different messages from the community like uh, you can see how some communities are very mad at what happened and they they like to just go after whoever is behind this. you can see how other communities are more into the um um you know uh faith and um religion maybe uh, spiritual connection so it's uh, okay. a softer way of taking everything so that was interesting um there's a diversity of of reactions between for example vegas uvalde um there's a lot of memorials mm-hmm. that have been there for for decades those are families like like my family or or communities like my community still dealing with the memorial issue. It's also ironic that at some point, the shooting or the the tragedy itself, it's not anymore the subject of of discussion. It's now about the memorial and the city versus the families to build the memorial. And that's the whole template that we see in every single of these communities once there is a tragedy. Um,
3: right, I know, I know from Pulse uh, specifically. Exactly.
4: Pulse is a perfect example of honoring um, the victims. Like the place where the shooting happened is not anymore what it was. It's ground zero. It has pictures, huge pictures, thousands of pictures of the victims. And and you can go and spend time on leave flowers. And so it has everything. I think it's a great way to do it but we're not all able to do that like right. some some neighbors neighborhoods are very discreet like they want not allow a building they want not allow um the school where Joaquin was shot to become a memorial no it's a fucking school people go, still go there to study which is in my I, I was not raised here okay so there's a lot of toxic that I did not get while I was growing and you know generating my own identity. And and part of it is that if there's a shooting in a place that kills 5, 10, 15, 20 people, oh my God, how can you still use that place exactly how it was before then? How how is there not a before and after? Like the school where where Joaquin was shot is still there. The building is still there. And by the way, I'm not going to start becoming the defender of memorials. Not, not, and neither will you. Like we are before them. We're concerned before the memorial, before the shooting. Okay, we 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 fight to prevent these things from happening. But what I know, people that will be very concerned about how these memorials uh, work and how they are built. I had an, an episode um, in Vegas because I, when we stopped in Vegas, I I knew that where the shooting happened, it was exactly the same area that was the day of the shooting. There's the Mandalay Bay Hotel in front and and the parking lot where I believe they have made other events since that event. And nothing, you you have no idea of what happened there if if you don't know about the shooting. It's an empty parking lot. So we parked there, the bus. And I left there a stone that says, never forget. If you, if you forget or you ignore, you're part of a problem. Never forget. As easy as that. And, and as an image of Joaquin. Small plate. I put cement on the sidewalk and just stick that thing there. Um, that's it. And that created a, a negative reaction, um, which was weird because now I'm debating or some people that are actually on my side are debating against me because i did that um they consider that well joaquin was not a victim of that shooting so why are you bringing like like if it was an exclusive thing like that that bad we are like this is if we don't put this together as a it's like
3: comparing cancers or something
4: exactly exactly so um that that generated a whole um line of credits not mostly to the kids that were with me than than to me, but um that's that's how we are. I had that that taste from Vegas Vegas it's, uh, it's it's a shooting that um it's the largest one in history but it's also um a lot of the victims were not from Vegas. so the community hasn't have it's not like it has the pressure of 59, 60, uh, victims that were from the same city. Now well, the memorial is outside of Vegas.
3: Vote there. Their families have yeah, influence yeah. there. Absolutely, make art there. Anything Absolutely. that you could do, it's not, it's not there as much. I understand.
4: And the Ma- and the Mandalay Bay is right there. And I and I've been in Vegas several times, and I haven't seen the Mandalay Bay doing anything about this. But again, this is the memorial site. I don't want. I don't want to become the guy that is concerned about memorials. Honestly, I, I cannot be that guy. Uh, but now that I visited them, I'm glad that I have the knowledge of what's going on.
3: Great. So I, I, that had to have been incredibly draining as well. Then we roll into um, New York uh, to kind of prep you for DC. So can we cut into that part of the tour?
4: Well, let, let me just briefly go through the dance party. The dance party was... Um, there was one issue with the dance party and that was parking the bus in new york like if you have if you have a mini cooper if you have a smart car in new york you will have trouble parking finding a parking spot if you have a school bus you will that exponentially grows the fact that you won't find a spot uh we got there and 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 a guy was living holy this is perfect so that main concern of the parking lot, which is crazy in New York, um, was solved, and I'm and I'm glad that we had the party. And not only that, it was like it was meant to be: the location, the bus in front of it, the music, the DJ was great. The people that are walking
3: Everything. by, you know, and, and yeah. yeah, everyone said we should be doing these more often, you know.
4: <laughs> so listen, there's there's a girl walking. I'm in the I'm I'm pop, just enjoying the party. There's a girl walking, and she somehow recognizes me. She says, Oh, you're Joaquin Oliver's dad. Yes, I am. I'm thinking she's coming to the party. And then she goes, Oh, so what are you doing here? What do you mean? You, you don't know what we're doing here? No. Oh, come on. This is Joaquin's birthday. Just and she had a blast because she she followed Joaquin. She she loves the things that Joaquin and, and Patricia and me put together. And then she was able to get a bubble head. And it was, we made her day. It and, and it was just someone was walking through that uh street in New York. Um so back to the DC um clo- I, w- I will say DC was a closing um action and I I had it in mind, but um not the way that it came out. I think it came out better than what I had in mind. I wanted um to I, I wanted I predicted a snowball effect on the tour. Okay. And I said that the, the, on the interview, they asked me, so what do you see happening? I said, well, I think there's going to be a snowball effect and we're going to have more and more people involved in the tour. That happened, but um, not to the point that we will have buses of people following Joaquin's bus. So I needed to get the buses. That's, that's the difference of what I wanted to happen to what it really happened. What it really happened is that I said, you know what, I'm going to get the buses. So I, I was able to rent 22 school buses in, in DC. I didn't need them to follow me all the way from New York. And, and we added the layer of bringing them to the NRA headquarters. And I think that the information leaked. Uh, I, I, I'm i pretty sure that the guys from the NRA already knew that 23 school buses were heading to their headquarters. But what they ignore is that the buses were empty. And they think that there's a chance that 23 buses packed with people, like in a January 6th event, will go to their building and just get rid of them. That's how they protected themselves that day. That's why I'm telling you this, because when we got there, I counted like 80 plus police officers um, surrounding the building, the NRA building. Um, helicopter freaking helicopter flying a drone flying and and a couple of um, massive arrest buses you know that when you go into arrest more than one person there's like this huge uh, not it's not like a small um, wagon. A car yeah it's more like a <laughs> like the,
3: a you the deluxe quad
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: ready to take your ass somewhere. exactly
4: I drove my my bus, I parked it right in front. Um, I knew that if I parked it inside the property, it will bring me just trouble and I wouldn't be able to accomplish what I wanted. So I parked it right right outside, right on that line between private property and the street. And then three more buses were able to follow me and the rest of the buses were just stopped by the police and sent back and I never saw them again. Um, But, I, I think that um, the message that I delivered was exactly um, what I wanted to say, how I wanted to say. You are surrounded. Um, drop your weapons. Drop your donations. Uh, and then I started saying other things, but on that same line. And a lot of media attention. And and it was um it was a nice way of of closing the tour. You need you
3: needed a crescendo of some sort. The twenty three buses were representing how many children.
4: There's 23. So that's the other thing. We wanted to. Um,
3: 23 is our, my favorite age. So Joaquin, right. is that my so, favorite year?
4: Perfect. So that's one reason. Um, it's easy to remember Joaquin's age because it's always the year. Um, so we had 23 for, for Joaquin's birthday. And then we added the the number of seats. And it ended up being like fifth, close to 1,500, depending on the size of the bus. And it's actually very close to the amount of children that have died this year, this year, so far, to gun violence.
3: Right.
4: So... um, Not a
3: collective of every school shooting. We're talking just the children in our country. No, kids.
4: Kids in general. Um, And and that goes back to the school bus representing the future. Um, And if we keep doing that, and I I think that um, part of the strategy was also to brand the school bus, not only as, as his main purpose, which is, but also as a reminder tool, when we use it in our, in our class, I want the NRA guys, every time they see a school bus now, they will think, oh, that they will remember that. And and the way that we branded the school bus during those 50 days was exactly that way. Like, um, it's hard to fight with a school bus, what kind of human being are you if you if you really are willing to have a confrontation with a school bus? And and in our in our um, school bus, it's exactly you know, us. it's we we talk, we we are yes, we are uh, disrupted. But some people were saying that we were carrying um, guns in our bus, like to protect ourselves, like, it it's it's crazy. It's crazy out there and and at the end of the day, it's um it's creating awareness that's that's my uh, uh, what I put on the table most of the time. and i I discovered it recently like this is what I do. this i, I that's my my thing. and you guys do your thing and and a guy like um uh, Fred Gutenberg is so good um discussing with politicians and then you have and then you have a lot of people that is qualified for that i want to keep my and patricia same thing connection with the youth the music the pop culture and creating awareness, which is a non-stop job by the way because i don't wait till next year it's a constant thing we're already working in two campaigns that should come out in the next couple of months
3: check for instagram change the ref if you're not following um because you bring light uh, to this movement in a way that is not is as iconic as Joaquin is to people. I've, I've seen people represent him as as we, you know, have people represent HBs and they're changed uh, and there's something about looking at him. And the same, you know, I said this to Sam, the same thing happened to me when I looked at Alex because I represented Alex for March for Lives once. And it's just, there is something about who these people should be that motivates new people all the time so all the work that you're putting into is just it's duplicating and replicating faster than you could imagine i promise you that so thank you again for you know
4: nice is to hear that like i really when when they talk about so um, my grief and ha- i feel so happy when um someone makes a comment like the one that you just made like you feel joaquin you see joaquin you now you think that you know joaquin like it's like Joaquin is still here. And that's what is it that I can do better than that? What is it that I can do that has a, a, a more positive effect than, than letting people think for a minute that Joaquin is still here? Under the circumstances and the and the tragedy and shithole that my life is in right now, that is the best option. I'm I'm following the um life of my son and i'm extending the the influence that my son might have on others by by putting this fight together on on a cool joaquin's way
3: so you've addressed that perfectly so i want to thank you for that thank you again for joining us on radio gag and i look forward to seeing you soon and learning more about these new campaigns on change the rep
4: i i will see you uh guys in new York on november 3rd um there's a um, um theater festival and I'm, I'm putting the play uh the play uh together so i'll send you everything as soon as i have final details but i would love to see you guys uh that day that's oh, yeah, my, you, we'll that's, my favorite project
5: uh-huh.
4: that's, that's my favorite project um from everything that we do the theater play it's actually something that i really it's uh i i feel it like deep inside and it it's like therapy for me so
3: i'm sure i i've told you i've gone through some i've watched your process and have been very very inspired
1: this is radio gag the gaze against gun show you can hear us on any podcast platform we want to hear from you subscribe and leave a message after you listen Tell us what you love about Radio Gag, or what really makes you gag about gun violence. We're back with Radio Gag, and we are pleased to welcome back Sam Schwartz, who lost his cousin Alex Schachter in 2018 in the Parkland High School shooting. In May, Sam organized the Washington, D.C. Survivors Sit-In, where Gag met survivors from Uvalde, Texas, Colorado, and Michigan. Sam will tell us about the Change the Ref Tour and Guac's Dance Party. Hello, listeners. I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. I'm talking with Sam Schwartz, the cousin of Alex Schachter, who was killed in the Parkland shooting. Sam, thank you so much for being with us today.
6: Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here.
1: You know, you have just been on this amazing tour that's gone all across the country with manuel oliver and patricia oliver on the bus and i last saw you at guac's magical dance party at the aids memorial in greenwich village tell us about what the tour was like and how the party fit into that
6: so the uh our, our stop in New York was one of the last ones. Um, it was maybe day 45 of the 50-day tour, which is just ridiculous. Um, but the previous stops were so emotionally, physically, and mentally draining. Like, there were points when it was every day you would basically get up, get on the bus, and then get off the bus at a mass shooting site. Um, like, there's no... There was no fun aspect of it. Like, it's not a vacation. It wasn't like we're touring around the country and we're and we're meeting people and it's fun. No, it was like super emotionally draining. And it, it just reinforced why we need to keep doing this work, because it was like every single spot we got off was another site of a tr- just the most tragic thing ever. Like babies are shot here elderly people have been shot here. This was a hate crime. This was a, uh, hate crime targeted to, uh, gay people, you know, like just the worst dark spots of, um, of this country we were witnessing every single day. And not only that, but sometimes we would be in a city and there would be a mass shooting in another part of the city. For example, when we did our event with Beto in El Paso, we went home to the hotel and I looked on the news mass shooting in El Paso. Um, I think it was like the night of or the night before. I don't know. But like while we were there, there was a mass shooting. Um, So finally, by the time we got to New York City, I was just very tired. And I was just I was happy to see everyone having a great time and dancing. I chose not to dance (laughs) because I was tired, but I just kind of sold merch. And it was a wonderful, wonderful event. It was very nice to go to an event that wasn't just like, you know, the most sad thing ever. Uh, Like, you know gays against guns just has a way of making it about the fight but also like i don't know how to describe it you guys make it very fun and, and engaging uh for a lot of people uh who maybe don't want to to do the work where it's just like bashing your head in with traumatic incidents every single day which i totally get but gays against guns is kind of just they, they they make it about the fight but it's also kind of a more fun if that makes sense like you kind of are opening the gates to people who who are not who are not really in it yet does that make sense um and I've always respected that about gays against guns like when you guys came to the sit-in um it was maybe day five or day six of a long long sit-in we were there for 24 hours a day and I was so done like I would have went home that day if if they, if they said go home but I couldn't because it's my event and then gays against guns comes and it you re-energized me with whatever it is you do so well the dance parties and the chanting and the unique way of calling out the nra like that stuff is so needed in this movement and you guys are like the ones who kind of lead it so it was amazing to go to that new york city event and you guys absolutely re-energized me you re-energized manny and the whole way home we were just like thank god we did that like that we're going to need that on our, on our way to D.C.
1: Yeah, I so know what you mean. And, of course, it's out of being hit over and over again by these horrible mass shootings. And it's out of the helplessness. You know, I'm an ally with uh, Gays Against Guns. But when you can work on this issue, you know, like, I don't have a a cousin who was killed in a mass shooting. I have my own personal tragedies, but I'm not here about that. I'm like, what can I do? I'm an ally with gays against guns. And it turns out to be a lot of loving things a lot of loving things that you can do, you know, to celebrate the memory of someone like Guac, who was a wonderful person, someone's dear son and someone's boyfriend and uh, an important member of the team and all of those things, like your cousin, all of those things, they're not there anymore. What can I do? I can be with the people who are there.
6: Absolutely. And a lot of like a lot of the most important moments. And by the way, when I'm saying like it was so tough to get off the bus and go to these mass shootings. Yes, it's tough, but it it really is uncomparable to the the parents who lost their kids. And a lot of the times when we get off these these uh, buses to the stops, they're there waiting for us. And they are like we are in some cases the only people in the world who can truly relate to what they've lost and what they've been through. Like you can go to a therapist for years and the therapist can heal you, but it, it he he or she cannot relate to you on what it's like to lose a family member in a mass shooting. No politician can do that. Uh like no it's just it's different when you meet survivors and family members who've been through the same thing. So Manny and Patricia getting off the bus and meeting these families I just saw them be healed in both cases, Manny, Patricia, and the family member who they were meeting in any part of the country. Like it didn't matter where they were. Um, It's just, and then we would go to dinner and we would talk about mass shootings and we would talk about the fight and we would talk about what their kids were like. And it may seem like, oh my God, this is such a depressing event. This is so sad. And we need to stop talking about this, but no, like this is healing for them to be able to talk to other people who've gone through the same thing on the same scale. It was so necessary and so needed and what we were able to kind of prove, and we already knew this, but we were able to put out there in the open that every single spot in the United States has been affected in the same way. And we are all united against gun violence. Uh, It doesn't matter the community or the minority of people or the type of people. Like for example, um, we went to the Charleston, I think we went to the Charleston uh, shooting memorial it was at a church, uh, the Emmanuel church. And that was a hate crime against black people. And then uh, when I was at the sit-in, um, we met survivors from club Q and that was a hate crime against gay people. And then when we uh, stopped number two, again, uh, of our tour was in Orlando at the Pulse Night Club memorial, that was another hate crime against gay people. And every other mass shooting is it just a hate crime against the community they're doing it like it's just you must have such i don't want to talk about the shooters but it is inescapable no matter what division of group of group you're in if you're gay if you're black if you're a kid if it literally doesn't matter like it's out there for everyone so we wanted to prove and shed light on that fact that nowhere in the country if it's a blue state or a red state if the laws are really good if they're really bad it's all still going to happen because until every state has amazing gun laws, mass shootings will still happen everywhere. Like in California, people are like, why would you go to California? And you're, aren't you like just admitting that gun laws don't work in California? And we're like, no, there are no gun laws in the border States. So it's so easy for me to go to Nevada or wherever and buy a gun there and just go back into California. So every, every action we took on this tour was designed to show people how severe it is and how you can go to any place in the country and, and, and kind of, it's like you didn't, it's like you haven't left. It's just everywhere. And 110 people died every day on that tour due to gun violence. That's a ridiculous number. And people don't know that. And I think there were, there was a point on the tour the July 4th weekend where there were 19 mass shootings in like two days is that just unfathomable? So our goal on the tour was uh, to shed light on that. And uh, it's it's very sad and very emotionally draining, but for the families, it's healing. And I, I hope that we were able to do that for those people.
1: Awesome, Sam. And what's next in your vision? And what do you say to people who want to start fighting to reduce gun violence?
6: Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to be a like a big celebrity to do it. Uh, every single person has their own unique voice, and I'm sure you've heard that so many times before. But it is so so real. Uh, when we were in Orlando, I met this nine year old girl named Addison, and she goes. Oh yeah, I'm organizing an event tomorrow at the, I think it was like the state, not the, like the the city hall or something. And I was like, what? That's crazy. And it, at first it was very, very cool that she was doing it. And then I got on the bus and I was like, oh my God, she's nine years old and she has to do this. It was very sad, but uh, that should just go to show anyone listening that it doesn't matter your age, you can organize anything and you should be organizing everything. Like uh, you shouldn't wait for anyone to come to your city and do it. Uh, you shouldn't wait for an election year to do it. But however, since an election is coming up and it's the biggest election in this American history, uh, this is the perfect time if you're not involved to get involved. Um, there is no better time. It's not just because of gun control. There is such a uprising in this country over issues that we've really never had to deal with on the level that we've had to deal with them, like fighting for abortion. I thought that was over until Roe versus Wade was overturned and and then it realized and then I was like, oh, my God, all of these Republicans are screwing themselves over. Like they just turned almost every single woman who really wasn't motivated to vote in that way. Now they're going to be voting against you. And then uh, the SCOTUS case against uh, gay people happened, where if you can deny them the right to go into any store of their choosing. I sat there and I was like, holy shit, you just now pissed off every single gay person they're going to be voting against you and then they overturned affirmative action and i was like you guys it's like a joke at this point like you want to lose your elections so like in my head i was like okay fine have these victories right now but in 2024 you are going to face an uprising like you've never faced before they've pissed off so many of so many people in this country who otherwise maybe would not be voting or wouldn't be voting blue and so if you're not involved in this fight yet, this is the perfect time. There's never, ever been a point in this country where so much has been on the table and climate is another issue. And then you look at what's happening with Donald Trump and he's been indicted four times and he tried to overturn an election, overturn democracy. That's never happened before. And uh, gun violence and fighting for gun control all ties into the same narrative, which is that Republicans don't do anything that is good for the people. It's all for their interest, for corporate interest and for money. That's it. And they will they will disguise it as we're fighting for the rights of Americans and we're fighting for your life and we're fighting for the Bible and we're good Christians, but you know, they call themselves pro-life and then when a mass shooting happens, they 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 say more guns are the answer. Uh so and then they deny mental health services to people and then they say that trans people aren't real and that trans people should not be in the military. So there doesn't sound very pro-life to me. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what can I do? I don't know. Go out and join a group. Uh, go out and start organizing. Talk to your friends. Literally set up a voter registration table at a downtown place. And that's all you have to do. Like, it doesn't not have to be some major bus tour, some sit in, but you can do anything. And uh, and that will if you if everyone did this listening to it, there would be I mean, it would be a real significant increase in people voting. Uh, so. That's what we're going to try to do next summer um i don't have a lot of details on it but um yeah that's what you guys can do
1: fantastic fantastic you just gave us so much motivation in i can't i'm really looking forward to the next time that we'll get together maybe you'll be more in the mood for dancing we'll see (laughs) But
6: I hope anyways, I'll be yeah.
1: I, I hope so. I mean, I think we'll be in the mood for dancing when we see some of this legislation passed. That'll be the day, right? Assault yeah. weapons ban passed, no sunset clause. Yay!
6: No, When the assault weapons ban passes, I'll dance all you want. I'll dance with you. I'll dance with anyone. <laughs> awesome. With major awesome. dance party for years.
1: Major dance party. <laughs> okay well thanks a lot uh so i uh, really appreciate you being on uh, radio gag again and look forward to talking to you in the future sam schwartz thanks.
6: yeah of course
1: if you haven't guessed by now we want you to get involved in the fight to end gun violence one of the best ways is to work for change in your own community Our next segment is brought to you by Gays Against Guns member Michael Shannon, who is doing just that he met his local New York State representative, Assemblymember Jessica Gonzalez Rojas at a Drag Story Hour defense in Queens, and she is kind enough to join us on Radio Gag. Let's listen. Hello, listeners. Thank you for listening to Radio Gag today we are so excited to be here with assembly member jessica gonzalez roja and michael shannon i am sarah Germaine lilly and uh, welcome everybody thank you for being here today thanks sarah we're going to be talking today about the bill that you have introduced and how things are going with especially with community violence intervention in queens
5: Hello, it's nice to see you again. Hello. Good
7: to see you, and thanks for having me on.
5: It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I guess my first question really is, to start off, have has there been an increase in violence? Have you noticed an increase in violence, gun violence, domestic violence in the community, in terms of how it's impacted your constituents, or specifically the queer community, for example?
7: Yeah, so let me start by sharing a little bit about my district. I am a state assembly member representing Uh, large parts of Jackson Heights, East Elmhurst, Corona, Woodside, and Astoria, Queens. Um, It is a very, very diverse neighborhood, both in ethnic representation, uh, immigration background, and sexual uh, orientation. Uh, We are the home to the second largest pride parade in New York City, Queens Pride. Um, It starts in my district and goes through much of my district and then transitions into another district because of odd district lines. Um, But we are a community that um, has been uh, very visible and vocal and supportive of the LGBTQ community. Um, So I'm very proud of that as a member of the LGBTQ family. In terms of gun violence and violence in general, we've certainly seen an uptick since COVID. I think particularly domestic violence and intimate partner violence has gone up. Um, the stresses of COVID and particularly during quarantine, we saw a high rise in those incidents, incidences. And also gun violence, It's it's been very difficult. I have to say, I don't get calls frequently from the police department, but every time I do, it is a call too much. Um, We've had um, some gun, gun violence, uh, gang violence happening um, in parts of my district. Um, there's been shootings. Um, people have lost their lives. And I am an advocate um, to address the proliferation of guns in our state, in our country. So we've seen that, again, tick up a bit, um, particularly during and uh, in this odd phase of coming out but not being out of a pandemic. Right, we're still deeply impacted by a pandemic, and COVID is still very real. And the other thing we've seen quite a bit of violence around is anti-LGBT violence, specifically around drag story hour. My district uh, in Jackson Heights, we host drag. Um, well, the the in Jackson Heights, we host drag story hour. It's technically not in my district, um, but it's the Jackson Heights Library. Has been one of the first places to host drag story hour uh council member danny Drum was such a champion and one of the first advocates to get that program in our libraries and in our community and i've been going you know with my child for, for years right it was not a big deal it was fun and a joyous uh, event at the library and there was no opposition to it and just all of a sudden we're seeing a rising uh tide of violence and attacks against the storytellers, the people who attend, and the people who support. So Michael, I was really thrilled to meet you outside one of the the defense uh, actions where all the people who support our drag story hours were out there in support. And we way outnumbered the uh, haters. Um, But I've been there when we, it was very contentious. And in fact, some of the haters, the, the, the people that were being uh, violent and, and harmful towards our families and our storytellers, got in our face, were screaming at us, were saying harmful, hateful things, uh, spreading lies, and it got very uh, heated. So it, it, you know, that was last year. It's gotten more controlled over the last couple of uh, instances of, of the uh, drag defense. Uh, but it's still we're still seeing a, quite a bit of hatred. Um, thankfully, it hasn't resulted in any sort of um, you know, violence where someone was really deeply harmed. But there were scuffles and arguments and things that are um uncharacteristic of my neighborhood, being such a queer-friendly community and such a diverse community. So that's really hard to see. Um, and we know that can uh build into physical violence that can harm many. And It's wonderful to have the community show up with families and kids and and community members and elders to say, we support and love our drag storytellers and we support and love our LGBTQ community here in Queens.
1: Wow, it just sounds great. And it's wonderful to have you as an ally and then also the diversity and the richness of that in Jackson Heights. So tell us about your bill of what's in it, why did you create it? And maybe you could explain a little bit about community violence intervention services.
7: Yes, so the bill is A2893. Every bill has a bill number. The assembly bills have an A number and the Senate bill has an S number. Um, But what it does is make community violence prevention services available to any beneficiary of Medicaid who's received medical treatment due to an injury sustained by an act of violence in the community. And Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did a really great piece on The Daily Show about this, where some of the most effective ways to address community violence is being able to interact with a community violence interruption program. These programs are uh, often led by people who have been personally impacted by violence um, and have gone back in the community and serve the community as an authentic um, you know, person who's experienced violence and uh, a real messenger of how to address it and looks to reduce the violence and mediate conflict and create opportunities for people to get out of situations of violence. And our bill would actually target people at the place by which they're harmed, right? So they're going to the hospital to get care due to an act of violence, say it's gun violence, they were shot, we're able, the bill would allow for Medicaid to reimburse that patient for getting these services. It helps both the patient, um, which by the way, two nearly two out of three um, victims of violence are Medicaid recipients or uninsured. So, you know, that's an important note. If we can get them at the hospital get them connected to the services, and to get the services uh, compensated by Medicaid, it really um, lifts a barrier that is often experienced by people learning about these programs. It gets them right where they're getting their medical care. It treats gun violence as a public health issue that it is. And again, gets to addressing um, some of the core issues behind why that violence has happened. Again, they do conflict mediation. Um, they are credible messengers. Um, they find opportunities for rehabilitation. Uh, many do sort of restorative justice circles and, and healing processes. And then again, find, offer trainings and opportunities for folks to get out of the very situations that led them to the hospital. So, it's really treating gun violence in particular as a public health issue um, and using the solutions of uh, the Medicaid program to um, help facilitate access to those programs and the cost of those programs to make sure that these groups are continuing to do their important work through a public health lens and that the patients can get the care that they need.
1: This is Sarah Germain Lilly with Michael Shannon. We are talking with New York State Assemblymember Jessica Roja from Queens, New York, about her bill that supports victims of gun violence through community intervention services.
7: We were able to get it passed we were able to get it past the senate and the assembly so oh. right now we're just waiting for the governor's signature so we're really anxious and hopeful that she will sign the bill again it's such an important bill to get folks the services that we need and really address the crisis through the lens that it is a public health crisis so uh we are hopeful and advocating to get the bill signed before the end of the year
5: oh thank you that's Telling us that, that's fantastic. You must be very excited.
7: Yes.
5: (laughs) Um, Actually, speaking of that, you know, uh, Gays Against Guns, of course, we spend a lot of our time trying to reach out to lawmakers and government officials and people like yourselves. How do you feel that gun violence prevention organizations such as ours or other ones that we work with are influencing lawmakers at this time? Do you feel are you seeing more interest from lawmakers in the kind of work that say we do?
7: Yes, absolutely. I think the idea of community violence interrupters are very powerful. Um, we've seen data to show how effective those programs are. The advocacy groups like yourselves and others are so critical to raising the issue. We deal with you know almost eleven thousand bills and issues every term, which is two years. So there's always a uh, competition for issues and as a lawmaker i have to work on everything from environmental justice to healthcare to reproductive rights to lgbt rights to taxes to so you know the fact that there's advocacy groups really uh fighting for a uh, space and attention um to ensure that they get the resources uh and and solutions that are are deserved right this is such an important issue Um, New York ranks 48th of of, uh, gun violence in the country, which is good, right? Like, we, because we're listening to groups like yours, because the groups have been very impactful in um, addressing legislation, providing solutions. So keep it up. Like, it's really important that organizations don't let the foot off the gas, because we're still seeing acts of gun violence across the state and across the country, um, what happened in Buffalo was tragic, where uh, someone, a white supremacist, went and, and murdered, you know, uh, people of color, um, and, and and cold blood. And, and we need to make sure that guns are not landing in the hands of people like that. And and we continue to need solutions that come from. The ground from the community, and that's what the advocates do, right? They bring the stories, they bring the ideas and the solutions to the table. Because again, we're we're we pass a lot of really great pieces of legislation, some that are in you know court proceedings. So we hope to continue to uh, persist and be able to uh, address uh, gun violence. But it it we're gonna have to continue to have um, really great ideas and creative solutions to really fully uh, eradicate gun violence from New York State. So continue to do the work, please be persistent. Again, there's so many issues that we have to deal with, um, but this is certainly at the top for me personally, and for many other legislators that have been just incredible advocates um, for this issue, but working alongside organizations like yours and others. So it's just keep it up, keep calling us, keep writing to us, keep providing ideas and uh, solutions so that um, we can fully eradicate this uh, public health crisis.
1: So how can our listeners get more involved in the process of making positive change?
7: Every listener should know who their state assembly member is, who their state senator is, who their Congress member is, Uh, everyone in New York has the same U.S. senators, that's Gillibrand and Schumer, uh, and also know who their city council member is if they live in New York City. Um, But at the state level, please know your assembly member, please know your senator. Call them, write to them. We listen, we see the emails, we see the calls. The calls, quite honestly, are more effective because a human being has to pick it up or if it goes to voicemail, we have to listen to that voicemail. And we know and acknowledge the amount of calls we're getting regarding an issue. If there's a particular piece of legislation, uh, please know the legislation number. As I said, my bill is A-2893. Again, it passed. So at this point, we'd love your listeners to call the governor (laughs) and the governor's office to say, you know, we know this bill, uh, A-2893 has passed the assembly, the Senate version passed the Senate. Please sign it. This is important for our lives. Uh, and that's just one example. So
5: that is wonderful advice. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Assembly Member. Jessica Gonzalez Roja, thank
7: you.
1: And, yeah, thank you for being on Radio Gag, and we hope to have you back and uh, see you at actions and yes. at actions in Queens and Drag Story Hour. Yes. Definitely at the next
5: Drag Story Hour.
7: Definitely, <laughs> we're <laughs> gonna
5: bring you. We'll bring you an official Gaze Against Guns pin so that you. Can... Oh, I would
7: love that. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Please do All right. All right. Thank you so much for having me.
1: To find out more about working with us, please go to gaysagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or GagNoGuns on Twitter. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. It's time to end our show. Thanks for listening and we are back with a new episode almost every week. Upcoming shows include a focus on Suicide Prevention Month in September and a series on the economic and social costs of gun violence in our country. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform. Our, our shows are also featured on BRIC, that's B-R-I-C, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Please subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when new shows drop. And we leave you with our fabulous singing queertet, Sing out Louise.
0: So pitiful the NRA, a cult of guns and greed, and Congress only blocks the way and watches while we. in their sheets, while Michael Brown and Freddie Gray get murdered in the streets. America, America, you just can't get it right. Why can't we see equality for black and brown? Trump, you lie with every word. You Russian whore, you stupid chump, your cabinet is absurd. A man